Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. We welcome you to our show tonight. I am your host, Doris Hansen, and this is Polygamy, What Love Is This? We would like to say thank you to everyone who came by the uh, table at Murray Park last Saturday during um, Sean McCraney's baptisms and uh, the bands and the music and the food and, and just all the good fellowship that we had at Murray Park Saturday afternoon. I met uh, many old friends and, of course, met some new ones as well. And I just want to thank you for saying hello, giving us a hug, and encouraging us as we do this work. I'd also uh, need to mention again that on Saturday, uh, September 15th, that's a week from this coming Saturday, we've been invited to participate in the Good News Celebration in Spanish Fork. It's going to be um, at 1800 West and 7300 South all day Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. The admission is free. There will be music and food and games and giveaways. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the Adams Road Band, they will be there playing their wonderful uh, Christ-centered music. There are going to be several speakers, uh, to name a couple, or Dennis Higley will be speaking, and Sean McCraney, and I've been also asked to share. We're going to be praising God's glory and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can call 801-358-8650. That's Saturday, September 15th from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And also, Monday through Friday nights uh, at 9 p.m. here at this station, KTMW TV 20, they broadcast a show called Wretched with host Todd Friel. You can also hear Todd Friel on the radio AM820, which is a great Christian radio station. You should tune in there. You can hear some wonderful Christian teaching and preaching. And Todd Friel hosts a program on that radio as well. He will be in our area September 28th through the 30th. He's going to be speaking at the UPFC banquet Friday night the 28th. And you can go to upfc.org for information and reservations to that banquet. And also on Saturday morning, September 29th, Todd Friel will be hosting a Joy in the Home conference at Mill Creek Baptist Church. And that's located at 1515 East, 4500 South in Salt Lake City, Utah from 9 a.m a.m. until noon that day and then on Sunday morning September 30th he will be our guest preacher at Mill Creek Baptist Church from 10:45 a.m. until noon so we invite all of you to come to one or all of these events and learn what Todd Friel has prepared that he would like to share with us and learn from him and also I would like to mention that if you want to see a very well done and accurate newspaper article on Mormonism versus Christianity, especially regarding temples, you can go to the website www.gotforgiveness.com. That's gotforgiveness.com. You can go there. There's a questionnaire. There's some interesting information and quotes about early Mormonism, early Mormon leadership, and some of their quotes. And there's a little quiz there that you can take. But 
If you're afraid to learn something new, don't go there. If you're afraid to learn any truth, don't go there because you might learn something new. But you know the most difficult people to reach with the truth are those who think they already have it. You know, we've mentioned before on our show that in order to make changes in the abuses of polygamy groups against women and children, people do need to speak up. If they remain silent, no changes can be made. We've all probably heard um, the little phrase, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to say or do nothing. Well, the necessary polygamy to triumph is for those who have been abused by it to do or say nothing. Tonight, we have as our guest a very lovely lady who has suffered under the teachings of Joseph Smith both under his doctrine of polygamy, but also under the doctrines of the Mormon Church. She has agreed to tell her story tonight. It's a powerful story. It's of, she tells of her life in the polygamy group and then in the Mormon Church and then out of them both and into the truths and freedoms of Jesus Christ. So we'll let her tell her story. I'd like to introduce our special guest, former polygamy group member and former Mormon, Becky White. Thank you, Becky, for coming. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You have some information that's your story, your story to tell, and a story that people need to hear. And so you have graciously agreed and accepted to come and tell it. So uh, let's get started on it. It's an interesting story and powerful, I think. Okay. Um, you, you found victory in your journey from, from what we call a false religion into the freedom in Christ, the freedom that the Bible talks about that we have in Christ. So tell us, first of all, you were raised in a polygamist home in the AUB polygamy group. Yes, I was. And um, before we go on with that, the AUB are initials, there's so many initials around. What does the AUB stand It stands for Apostolic United Brethren. But it's, we often refer to it as the All Red Group, it's, right? It's the All Red Group, and it's a, a fundamentalist group, uh -huh. Mormon fun, fundamentalist group. And they're situated, they're kind of salt and peppered around the, uh, the area. Yeah, they? they're, they're in uh, Bluffdale and mm -hmm. Montana, some in Mexico, just, they're just all over. Yeah. Some, some even in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's some in Missouri. I think they're kind of starting to plant back there. And I'm not sure Jesus if there's, not that, I, not that I'm aware of any of the AUB, but th they could be. Uh -huh. I've been gone for a while. Yeah, okay. Uh, and you, were your parents, were they uh, did, uh, converts to the AUB? Or they were, were, were they born in? They were converts. They were converts to it. Mm -hmm. And so were your your were your parents in the LDS church before they they were members of the LDS church they weren't very active my dad started becoming um, active and started working in the temple and they had made some changes in the temple and he had some concerns and he met a man and from the AUB and the man you know talked to him about you know that about living polygamy and my dad knew that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young taught that in order to get the celestial kingdom you had to have more than one wife so my parents converted from the Mormon Church into the AUB group. You know, that's not really unusual, is it, to, to, for people to be researching and yeah. finding that yeah. polygamy really is what they taught you had to get to celestial glory. It, it's really common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going back into uh, the, the foundation of your religion is important. You need to find out what they originally taught. 
mm -hmm. and what they believe. Now, the AUB, before we get into more of your story, the AUB talks uh, or is actually uh, one of the United Orders based on the United Order format. Do they live the United um, Order? They live a form of it. They, the, the priesthood own property in different areas and, and the members will live on that property. Mm -hmm. They'll build homes. The property belongs to the priesthood. The homes they build, do they pay for their own homes that I, they build? They pay for their own homes. Uh, the United Order, um, the members contribute. They all help build the homes. They all contribute to, to building and, and living together in the community. And then if they decide to leave, they leave the home and they everything do. behind yeah. and they don't yep. get to take any of the equity or anything nope. with them? No, it, it stays with the priesthood. Uh, so it's the priesthood that owns the property. Yes. Then. Okay, yes. that's about basically the way it is in the FLDS. There's no private property owned in the Kingston Group, basically either. They, in fact, the whole group owns everything. Uh huh. Well, there are members of the AUB that do own their own property, but the property that's owned where members do live, that is the United Order. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so part of the group lives the United Order, and part of them don't uh -huh. do not. Yeah. Then. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, we were raised uh, in, of course, I was raised in the Kingston group, and everything belonged to them. Every every penny, every nickel, dime, dollar, car, home, pencil, everything belonged to them. And even your paycheck, you didn't even mm -hmm. get a paycheck. It went directly into their account, and then you got kind of a little piece of paper that said how much you had there. So, And then if you wanted any money, it's in their name. You had to go and ask them for it. And that was kind of like, you know, growing up, I, you know, we, we would work and we gave our, our money to the family. It went into, a, you know, a fund to take care of the family. I, I didn't, uh -huh. I, I could not spend my money. I had to, to put it in to help support the family until I was older. Uh -huh. it, it, anything that we earned went into the family to support did the family. Did that ever bother you or did you think that no, was okay? No, not at all. You know, we had a large family and, and I felt like I was contributing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you realize after you left, however, that that's not quite the way <laughs> that it should be? <laughs> I, it, that's not something that's ever really bothered me. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, what about your father? Did he become a polygamist? He did. He joined and then he, he became he a polygamist? He, he, he did. He, How um, many wives did he my, have? My dad had three wives that he had 18 children with, and then he had other wives that he had no children with. So he. So you've got 17 brothers and sisters? I do. Where are you at in the mix? I'm the third child. The third so oldest? I, I was the, the third, one of the older ones that helped take care of all the little ones. Wow. Wow. And out of all of 18 of us, one has passed away, but the rest of us are all alive. You're all there. Well, mm -hmm. wow, that's good. Um, my dad had 16 children, and um, I was no, I was, I was the first girl of the of the second family. But I'm kind of down on the totem pole from you. <laughs> so, did you grow up in the AUB believing that you would live polygamy when you got married? I mean, was that part of your your goal, your Absolutely. dream, your your yeah. focus in the future? Yeah, you're told that. That is the only way you'll have your family. That you have to share your husband with other women, and and that you know if you don't live it, that you will not be together in the celestial kingdom. And what did you think of that? It was hard. You know, I I would just think about it all the time. You know, it it it, it occupied my mind all the time. You know, just worried. Oh, my husband needs to take another wife. I had nightmares about it. It was really really hard. But that was after you got married. After yes, you married I was your married. I, I worried about it even before I got married. You know, just. You know, the jealousy, the thought of having to share. And then, you know, after being married, it, it's really hard to think about sharing your husband. Um, did you 
Were you proposed to by a polygamous man before you married? Because you married in a monogamous marriage. There were quite a few pursuers yeah. that, that would come. I was never, ever interested. You know, and my dad, he was so, he was awesome about it. He Good. kind of always just let me make that decision, where I know a lot of, you know, other groups, um, they, they don't give you that. They don't give you no. that choice. Uh -uh. And you got the choice. I, that, I did. That's awesome. Um, were you very young? How old, young were you? I was 21 first? because, well, I was 20 before I got married because I just, I, I didn't want to get married. What I, about your first proposal? How old were you? Oh, probably 15. Really? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, it's not a proposal to me, it's more to my dad. You know, they, they would come and ask my dad for my hand, you uh -huh. know, that they would say they're interested. And they, they, I, I think they all were married already. So when in the AUB, how does that work? Do, do they go to the prophet first and ask him or to your dad first and ask them and then the prophet or, um, or how I, does it, what's yeah, the sequence? Yeah, they would, they would go to the prophet and talk to him and then they would go to the dad and talk to the dad and ask for the, the girl's hand. And then were you the last one to know? That they were going to ask um, for you. With my, in my family, my dad, he was very open with me. He let mm -hmm. me make the decision. In other families, you know, I think it's becoming more liberal now, where you know, it's more normal <coughs> in the AUB. Mm -hmm. But and so you have brothers and sisters that are still in the AUB, I do. and are they? Do you have polygamous? Yes, brothers and sisters. Yes, I too? have. I have two sisters who have sister wives, oh. and you know, it, it's hard to see to see them go through what they're going through. It's, it, especially when you know that you've got the truth and you mm -hmm. know that they don't have to do and live this misery to... Yeah, to and, and it is misery. It's so hard and it's, it's really sad, the heartbreak. It, it is, it is. And we talked about this earlier, how um, even my own mother believed that the more miserable you were here, the higher degree of glory you got over there. And so you just kind of settle yourself into your misery and and, almost and, and that's really, you know, that's really what it comes down to. They, they really think, you know, if you are struggling, it's because you're, you know, God is, is, is going to bless you. You know, you, you are doing this to, to receive blessings. So your, your life is hard, but it's okay because mm -hmm. you're going to be blessed for mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is wrong. Messed up thinking, but it, it is so untrue. Mm -hmm. So you got married while you were still in the polygamy group, and mm -hmm. you had a monogamous married, mm -hmm. and, and you had children, and then you you decided to leave. How old were you? How many children did you have? I was when 33 you... when we left, and I had four children, and it was the best thing. I, I it was it was just such a relief to leave. W was it a decision that you did you and your husband leave together? Yes, was it, yes, we did. And that's unique too, where uh, yeah. one of one one of the uh, of the married couple usually is the one that sees the truth and wants out, and the other one stays behind mm -hmm. and threatens and causes all kinds of trouble. But yeah. you you were blessed. He came with you. Uh, he's he's such an amazing guy. We we have always wanted to know truth. We we want to have you know, we want to live with God. And so we've always wanted truth. And so, you know, together, you know, we've, we've really had a great journey. And you know, the Bible promises that if we seek, and we seek with all of our heart, we'll find God, we'll find the truth. And he, and he knew that we wanted that. He knows our heart. He knows mm -hmm. that you truly want the truth. The truth, no matter what it is, that you, yeah. the truth is yeah. what we want. So you left together, you made the decision to together, but what was the reason? Why did you leave? Why did you both it, decide? It, it was all about time? priesthood authority, the priesthood issue. You know, we, we obviously grew up in the all-red group, uh, you know, raised in the all-red group, and we were taught 
our whole lives that that the All Red Group had the priesthood keys, the sealing keys that sealed men and women and families, and and that that meant a lot. And we had some friends who were questioning the priesthood authority. Joseph Smith said, "I I give you I'll, I will give you a key that will never rust if you stay with the majority, the records of the church, and the majority of the." the people, you will not be led astray. So we figured, wow, you know, that's the mainstream Mormon church. So we did. We we ended up leaving the AUB and and joined the the mainstream Mormon church because we felt that they had the authority. The, the authority for us to be together forever as families. Did you not think that the AUB had that authority, that you would be forever family from that group? True. Well, we did at first, you know, because we're taught that. You're taught that your whole life. But then you changed. But through our studies, you know, with what Joseph Smith said, he was God's prophet. You know, in my eyes, what he said, if, if we do what he tells us to do, we'll be, we'll be safe. We'll but, be safe. And so we felt like they, they have the priesthood keys. They have the authority. They have the prophet. And so we wanted to follow and stay, stay with God's true church which we felt. You felt that it wasn't the AUB, that mm -hmm. it was the LDS church. Yes. Instead, were you afraid to leave? I mean, what did the people... Not at all. Not at all. It was such a relief to leave because the burden of, of that life is so hard. You know, just the thoughts of living polygamy and sharing your husband and just the thoughts of it. You know, like I said, nightmares. Just, it occupies your mind the whole, every day. Mm -hmm. You know, and the think of my kids having to live that. I, you know, I had a young daughter. It just broke my heart to think that she would have to, to live that. So when we left, it was just such a, a joyous time for me because it was such a heavy load lifted off of my back. And my husband, you know, no longer could he, did he have to feel like he couldn't, you know, just look straight forward and, and look at a girl. You know, he was, he felt like they would think they were interested. He was interested in them, you know, so he would just, you know, just not look at, at other women because he, he didn't want to take another he wife. He didn't want to take mm -hmm. another wife. Well, that's good, too. You've got a lot of things going. Uh, you're, you're blessed with in this, you know. The, I knew a woman, no a woman, no, several people, from, of course, from polygamy groups, and, and her husband never did uh, live polygamy either, but she, she would say that, that just, just the opposite, when they would walk together, go anywhere together, he was always looking and looking for another wife because he, he knew he could take one, and it not only devalued her and demeaned oh. And, and humiliated her, she knew that he, she, he was looking for another woman to marry, another woman to go to bed with, and yeah. it just broke her heart. Oh, I, when we when we go to church, I would watch him. You know, oh, is he looking at someone? It was hard. It broke. It, it would hurt my heart, just hard because I, you know, I love him so much, and I just wanted him to just be my husband. You know, I just didn't want to share him. And so, when you look back at that heartbreak and the and the the. Um, proprietary interest you have in your own husband, can you really believe that God gave polygamy? Well, you know, if you, if you want to believe in Mormonism, you have to. But, but would it a just good seems God so, do that? Yeah, it just seems so wrong. You know, it, it, it just is so wrong, and, and, I, and no longer do I believe that. You know, I believe that my God would never do that he to would women. Never do that. It devalues who they are, mm -hmm. and he and he he would never do that. That's right. He would never do that. But then you left the AUB and you joined the Mormon Church, mm -hmm. and you you explained why because you believed they had the key that Joseph Smith couldn't have been wrong about that. But didn't you realize that it was the same Joseph Smith that the Mormons and the polygamists 
revere the boat the same person. I, I didn't really know a lot of the issues. Some of the things that Joseph Smith did, I didn't really know his character. I, I didn't know much about who he was as a man. I, I, you know, I believed he was the prophet. Mm -hmm. I believe that he um, restored the gospel on this earth. And I just, you know, if there was a problem that came up, I put it on the shelf. You know, I just thought, well, you know, we're going to have to live polygamy one day because we've got a people world and I'm going to have to have a sister wives because, you know, my husband's going to be a god. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it just, yeah, that always bothered me. It's always back there nagging, nagging me. But, you know, I just put it on the shelf. I didn't and worry you know, about it. It's interesting, uh, as we were talking before the show, your husband said, now that you're a Christian, the shelf is empty. It is Isn't empty. That awesome? It is empty. It is amazing how free it's, in Christ we are. Yeah, the, the questions are answered. Of mm -hmm. course, we don't learn everything in the Bible, but everything mm -hmm. we need to know about salvation and about Jesus and sin it, and everything, yeah. it's in there. It we don't is. have to put it on the shelf. It is. He, he, he gave us everything in His Word, mm -hmm. the Bible. Yeah, and we can trust that. Mm -hmm. So what seemed to be the difference that besides the priesthood authority, the key thing, that, the keys that, that you uh, have already talked about, what seemed to be the difference so that you could embrace the LDS church like you did? Because you were there for uh, quite some time, right? Well, when we, 14 years. Yeah. When we first joined the LDS church, the, the ward we were in was very loving and kind, very accepting of us. They knew about our history. And they just welcomed us right in. You know, the people were so very kind. And it was easy. It was a lot of easy. Everything is worked out for you. You do everything they tell you to do. You do your callings. You don't have to think. You just do what they tell you to do. And it's all worked out. Uh-huh. And you were happy with that for the first Well, I believed it was true. Years. Yeah, yeah, I believed it was true. And your husband, did he, yeah. did he yeah. embrace it too, the yeah. same as I think you did? He had, I think he had more issues than I did. You know, I, it would bother me when he um, seemed to struggle, and I just, oh, he's he's just not, you know, doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so, you know. Yeah, it's always the member's fault. It's never doctrinal. Exactly. It's never anything. It's exactly. We're not doing enough fault. works. Right. You know, we're not doing enough works, and you know, we'll get there. But you were both relieved because polygamy was out of the picture now, yes. and you weren't, yes. you weren't haunted with anything yes. that had to do with the polygamy yes. issue. What happened that you chose to leave Mormonism? And tell us how and why you became a Christian. Well, you know, as I knew about Joseph Smith and, you know, young, young girls. I had, you know, my best friend. I love her very much. She kept bringing up Warren Jeff. She kept, you know, talking about him. And he's in prison for crimes against young women. And every time she brought him up, I would just feel a nagging, a nagging feeling about Joseph Smith because I knew about the 14-year-old girls. And mm -hmm. so one day I finally just told her, I said, you know, Joseph Smith did the same thing. Warren Jeff is just following what Joseph Smith did. And she just got so upset. She said, how could you say that? You know, he's our prophet. He founded the church. And when she said that, my heart, it was like a knife in my heart. I just thought, whoa, I need to get a testimony of, of the prophet. Hmm. I, I need to know for sure. And so I uh, read a book called Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bushman. It's available at Desert Book. And just reading about his character and all of the things he said, all the things he did, just it, it blew me away. I was so just shocked. I was just, by the time I was done reading that book, I knew no, any God, if there was a God, could not have him 
be a prophet. Yeah. And so my testimony was gone. My testimony of the Mormon church was over. And, you know, I spent many times trying to prove the LDS church was true because it, it was my comfort zone. Yeah. I, I, I just knew I had to prove that it was true. Uh -huh. But the more I learned about church history, the more I learned about all the contradicting, you know, they, they were giving up fundamental principles that, that Joseph Smith taught were necessary for the celestial kingdom, and they were just getting rid of them. Uh -huh. And I thought, why would God give us a, a fundamental gospel, a fundamental principle that we have to live, and now it just, it, we don't need it anymore. And I thought, you know, God is, God is not changing. He is constant. He's not ever-changing, and the Mormon gospel is ever-changing mm -hmm. all the time. I met uh, through, my, through my struggles. I mean, I, I just was heartbroken. I thought, you know, if there's, if there's a God, how can I be saved? What, how can my family be saved? What can I do? And I met a, a woman named Rowney Higley, and she had worked for the, the LDS Church in the translating department for the church for several years, and she, um, through, through her... her translating, she just realized that the Mormon gospel was ever-changing, mm -hmm. that there were so many contradictions, and she just knew that the church couldn't be true. So she finally left, and her and her husband finally started, you know, they just thought, what, who can we trust? What can we do? You know, so they got he, the Hebrew and the Greek text of the Bible and Hebrew and Greek dictionaries and, and just studied, mm -hmm. to, you know, just studied and studied God's Word and realized that what Joseph Smith said about the Bible was not true, that it, it you know, could not, they, Joseph Smith said it could not be trusted. It could, yeah. and they learned that. Mm -hmm. And through her, um, just through her, you know, just the knowledge that she had, and just her confidence in the Bible, I was just like, wow, you know. Yeah. And I, so I too started studying the Bible, and it, it was just amazing. I mean, I, God is amazing. His Word is is. His gospel mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm just so grateful for His Word, and, and it guides me, and it helps me. Every day it guides yeah. us and, yep. and, and decisions and so on. And um, um, we can trust it. Um, we know that, that the ones, the people who say that it has been mistranslated and we can't trust it are the very ones who haven't studied and, and, and gone through mm -hmm. and proven what they're saying. They're just talking about what somebody else yeah. has said. They haven't proven it for yeah. themselves. Yeah, and, and you know, if, if someone says that the Bible can't be trusted, I know they haven't studied it. You know. I know they haven't read it because I have. Mm -hmm. And I know that is, it, it is complete. Exactly. You know, it is, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, mm -hmm. The message is so simple. It is Believe simple. in Jesus and be saved. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. it, it, we are saved now. Right. We right. don't have to do all these works. Jesus Christ did that. He and did that on the cross. You notice in John three sixteen that there is an either or there that they should not perish, but have everlasting mm -hmm. life. There's only yeah. two choices. There's yeah. not three levels. There's not three choices. Mm -hmm. There's not six choices. Exactly. There's two. One yeah. of them is perish, and one of them is eternal life. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, for the first time in my life, to know that I'm, I'm saved. Yeah, and you can know. It's amazing. You can know mm -hmm. that. Now, you said that Joseph Smith, when you, when you were um, confronted by, by your friend, that Joseph Smith was, is the foundation of your church. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of 
struck me as, as I was listening to you because the Bible tells us that no other foundation can be laid except for that which has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the fact that they, that they look at Joseph Smith as being the foundation is a huge red flag. And he is the foundation yes, to their is. church. Yes, he is. But he's not the foundation. He, he is not. It is not the Lord's church. No, it isn't. It is not. The, the Lord's church was started by Jesus Christ mm -hmm. over 2,000 years ago. And, and all believers in Him, all those who believe in Him, is the body of Christ. That's right. All believers are, are the, church. the church. Through the ages. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. What particular Bible verses or Bible passages had the greatest impact uh, on you at the beginning when you were studying for the truth? Well, the most shocking was Galatians 1, 6 through 9. And I'll read that. Okay. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. This was, this was just unbelievable to me, because Joseph Smith did have an angel come to him came. and gave him a different gospel. And gave him another gospel. The Mormon gospel is not the same gospel that's in the Bible. It's a different gospel. It and Paul is. warned us about it. Mm -hmm. and, and, he, and he repeated himself. And we have that warning, and yet the gospel of Mormonism is exactly what Paul warned us of. That's exactly right. That's an, another true. scripture, um, Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 25 and if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Joseph Smith had many false prophecies. He did, didn't he? I'm aware of 53, but there's more. Mm -hmm. And how many pro prophecies wrong does it take? One. One. One, one. And, and, I, and I'd like to mention here that I do have in PDF file format for any of our viewers who would like 53 prophecies of Joseph Smith, just email us, tv at aboutpolygamy.com, and I will email it to you. Give us your email address. We'll email you the 53 prophecies. And if you can prove that 52 of those prophecies are not false, it only takes one to make a false prophet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so true. you discovered that that he had made the false prophecies, and you compared it with Deuteronomy, and and then the and you know the angel. By the way, you go back to the angel who preaches a different gospel, which is exactly what happened with Joseph Smith. Uh, he also he liked to blame angels for a lot of things, didn't he? Oh yeah. And he used the angel with the drawn sword, uh, and and said that this angel threatened to kill him if he didn't begin living polygamy. He would tell his his proposed he'd propose to these young girls and these mm -hmm. women uh, yeah. to live polygamy, and said that that angel was going to kill him if he didn't. Well, that was fraudulent. First of all, God doesn't send angels to do that mm -hmm. uh, to people to break His commandments, and secondly, He was already living polygamy yeah. when He told yeah. people that. Well, and can you imagine having someone who you think is the prophet? come to you and threaten you yeah. and, and coerce you, you know, for fear, and it's fear, it's fear. of damnation it's fear. if you don't accept him and, and marry him. Mm -hmm. I mean, a 14-year-old, that is shocking it to is. me. It is. Two 14-year-old. He married two 14-year-old girls. Um, 
We are at the half hour mark, and so we're going to open up the telephone lines. We still can talk. We still got things to say, but we're going to uh, take a break now. We're going to open up the telephone lines if you'd like to call in and uh, ask uh, myself or Becky a question or a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 801-973-8820. 973 TV20. Um, we will be taking the phone calls after we are breaking for this message right now. You are watching Polygamy What Love Is This? broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at TV at aboutpolygamy.com. You are welcome to join us in our monthly support group, Life After Polygamy, where you can meet others like yourself who are searching for answers about polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism. We meet monthly in the Salt Lake City area. For more details about time and place, call us toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we've made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, Recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I'm your host, Doris Hansen. And tonight we're talking with Becky White. She has uh, been a member of the AUB Polygamy Group along with her husband. And they left the uh, AUB and became Mormons and then realized that there's something wrong there as well and they started doing their searching and they have now become Christians. And we're talking about her story and we, we, we took the break when she was uh, discussing some of the favorite passages, some of the important Bible verses that helped her as she was studying the truth and in her journey to Jesus. So you have uh, some more verses that you want I to do. share with us right now. In Matthew 24, 35, 
Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. In Isaiah 4, 8, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Matthew 16, 18, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus, these are three good verses yeah, that yeah. prove that prove that either Joseph Smith lied or Jesus lied. And who are you going to trust your salvation with? Exactly. Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago and saved me from my sins. Yep. Or am I going to believe Joseph Smith, you know, when he says that, that God's word did fail? Yeah. I am going to trust my Savior. You betcha. I'm going to trust him. Yeah, he is our Savior. He knows how to save us. Yes. We don't need anybody else yep. to no. save us. He nope. knows how to do it. So he told us that church would never fail, and in Ephesians he tells us that his church will remain through all generations. Mm -hmm. All generations. Mm -hmm. Were you raised believing that the Bible couldn't be fully trusted like we were, and how did you discover with verses like this that you could trust it? Well, the eighth article of faith says we believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it's translated correctly. So, yeah, in the AUB and in the Mormon church, we're taught not to trust the Bible. I did not read the Bible. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what I could trust and what I couldn't trust. But, you know, since studying the Word, studying God's Word, I know that it all is, can be trusted. And did you know when you were either in the AUB or the Mormon church, both, that, that you had eternal life or did you have to wait till you no. die and face the judgment no. seat before you, you did? you never know. You never know. In either the AUB or the Mormon Church, you are always working. You, you, your, your works, you know, you, you uh, have to pay your tithing to get to the temple so that you can be sealed, so that you can be together with your family forever. You are always doing works. And if you quit doing those works, it's over. That's not grace. You have that to, grace? No. Grace is a free gift that God gave to us. Yeah. And if you, pay, if, you, if you decide that you want to pay for that gift, it's no longer... A free gift. It's no longer grace. It exactly. is a wages due, and exactly. you will be judged by your works. I'll and take we, the free and we gift. We all fail in our works, don't we? We all fail. Yeah. So None we of will us. all fail the judgment yes. seat yes. if we depend upon uh, our works. So I'll take the free gift. Absolutely. And also, one of the uh, to to explain briefly my experience um, about knowing that we have eternal life. Of course, we didn't know that either in the Kingston group. But after I became a Christian, studying my Bible, I came across First John five thirteen, where it says that He writes these things so that we can know that we have mm -hmm. eternal life. Yeah. We know we do. Mm -hmm. We know it. In fact, if people don't know they have it, then they don't have it. No, it's true. And 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 we and it's not arrogance to say yeah. we know that when we die. Because we're going our to God is so amazing. He promised. We can, he promised, and He does not lie. Exactly. I know I'm saved. Uh -huh. I, as a Christian, and and I believe in Him. I am saved. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you don't fail. It's because He doesn't fail. That That's we right. Know because that. I fail all the time. Yeah. You know, it, it, when we want to do works, it's like standing at the foot of the cross and looking up at the Savior and saying, hey, you know, I know you're doing what you're doing up there, but you're not doing a good enough job. I'm going to come up and help so you. So I'm going to help you. And we can do, he did it all. Exactly. When he was on that cross, he said, it is finished. Mm -hmm. I run, my husband runs marathons. You know, when you are running a race, you do not, once you finish on that finish line, you do not keep running. You're, you're done. done. You're done. You're done. It, it is finished. Jesus Christ did Jesus it all. did it all, and we can't add to it. Well, we've got some calls waiting. I think we better take um, some of them here. So let's go to line two. Brian is calling from Bountiful. Hello, Brian. Hi. Hello. Hi, Doris and her guest. Um, 
I, I was just watching Sean McCraney, and he was talking about the Jews and how they believe in the Father, and they don't believe in, in necessarily being just a male, and, and he, that, that they believe he has uh, woman qualities like a nurture and stuff, and he's spirit, so that would make sense that, that why would we need a mother in heaven or polygamy if if God has all of those qualities and and we have both in in God and that was my comment but my question was how do we know that we're saved but I guess I'm not saved because you're supposed to know if if you don't know that you're saved I don't know how to know that Brian the 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 the, the only thing that saves us is what Jesus did on the cross for us. And you can either trust Jesus for your salvation or trust yourself or trust a church. But the, I, the I trust Jesus. Then, then you need to ask him to save you. Tell him that you trust him. Repent. Just tell him that you want to repent from your sins and that you want him to save you and take you into heaven when you die. And if you trust him 100% for your salvation, he'll save you. You just have to ask him. It's a free gift, just like we talked about. And you can, you can go into the Bible and read the Gospel of John. And as you go through and read that, that Gospel of John, just look at all the verses where Jesus talks about himself being the Savior and just pray to him. Just ask him to say, I just go in my bedroom and do that? You betcha. Just give your heart to God. Pour your heart out to him, and he'll do it because he's the Savior. Okay, then I, I want to hear your com comments on my comment off, off the air, and I thank you for your time. Thank you for calling. Let, it, let us know what you do with Jesus, okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye. Well, praise God for that. We need to pray for Brian, folks, who are watching the show. And he mentioned about mother and, and, and uh, that God has the qualities of, of male and female, of, uh, and so why would we need a mother in heaven? And, you know, in Genesis, <clears throat> God says he made man, mankind, mm -hmm. in his image. He made them male and female. And so man and woman are both made in the image of God because he's neither male nor female. Mm -hmm. He's a spirit. Mm -hmm. and, and so what he's, his question is valid. Mm -hmm. We don't need a mother in heaven because God is all. He's, yep. all, he's everything. He's sovereign. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Carl is calling from Orem. Hello, Carl. Hi, how you doing, Doris? Hello, how are you? Good. Um, Becky, how are you doing? Hi, Carl. I'm doing great. Be Becky, you're doing awesome. <laughs> um, Thank you. You're doing very awesome. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you both. These are, you know, for the audience, these are definitely daughters of God that are talking to you right now. So congratulations, guys. Thank you, Carl. Um, I just had a, uh, a question, I guess, for you, Becky, because I know that um, about... Well, a little over two years ago, I worked with a person who was a member of the AUB group, and he was when he was he was trying to leave, and he was joining the mainstream LDS church. And when he was doing that, um, he he had to be interviewed by an apostle. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just wondering if if that happened had to happen to you, Becky. Were you interviewed by an apostle at that point in time? Yes, uh, me and my husband had to go meet with uh, someone at the First Presidency's office. We met with Elder Worthlin, 
But yeah, if you are a, a product or a child of a polygamous family, you have to meet with an apostle. Yeah, and I just, I, that's just amazing to me how, uh, I don't know, I, 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 why that they need, why do you need to do that? Why do you need to talk to an apostle? I mean, I understand like where they're coming from, um, but if if a state president or a bishop, you know, has has um, has been given the keys to be able to uh, administer to his people, you know, why why would it take someone with higher authority to do such things, you know, in order to be baptized and become a, a member of the church? It just it it's no, I don't well, I, I think the simple ridiculous to me. I think the simple answer for that is polygamists make the Mormon Church look bad. They really do, and and they want you to meet with them so that they can find out if you're sincere or not. You know, are are you really sincere in joining the LDS Church? If you are, are you going to forsake your past? You know, forsake your family, forsake all of the polygamous lifestyle, and and come into the church. So they do. They want to interview you and make sure that you're sincere. And I think that's why they do it. All right. Appreciate your comment, and God bless you both. Thank you, Carl. Bye, Carl. Thanks for calling. Okay. See you, bye. Bye. And you know they have the church strengthening committee. Uh, Holland said the yes. reason they have that yes. was to pre protect the church from yeah. polygamists. So, yeah. of course, we know that that's made up. Anyway, uh, line three, Janice from Sandy. Hello, Janice. Uh -huh. You're on the air. You're on the air, Janice. Okay, hi, hi Doris. Hello. Um, I just want to let you know that I just, I really enjoy uh, watching your program. I look forward to it every week. And I've learned so much. I was... Um, raised in the LDS Church, mm -hmm. and um, I bought that book that you, you had a guest on there a few weeks ago, uh, Palmer, and he had a book about Joseph Smith, mm -hmm. and I learned so much in the book that I'd like to read the book that Becky mentioned, but I, I didn't quite catch the title. It was Rust on Rolling. It's Rough Stone, Rough Stone Rolling, and it's by Richard Bushman, and you can pick it up at Desert Book. Richard B Bushman. Richard okay, Bushman. Okay, that's what I really wanted to... No, but I, I okay. love your program, so okay. Thank you, I watch it every week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay. Um, we have a little lull right here. In, in either church, both the AUB or the LDS church, were you taught that you could become gods? And yes. did, did you work towards that goal? Well, that's, that's, the, you know, that's what they teach, that, that we are working to be, our husbands will be gods, we'll be their, their wives on another planet. We will populate uh, other worlds. So did, as a Mormon, as an LDS member, did they actively teach the no, people that you no. could become a god? Mm -mm. No. But it's known. It's well known. In the 14 years that I was a member, I, I never really heard it taught. But it's well known that, so that we... So is that one of those things that they're putting behind the bush? They still I, believe you know, it? I don't know. Bring it up? I don't know. It, it's, you know... Like the caffeine, you know, you, yeah. I mean, you just... <laughs> well, you know, it's okay to drink caffeine now. It's, it's okay to drink just caffeine Just not now. coffee and not tea. In coffee. Not yet. Not, not yet. coffee, but... Yeah, not coffee or tea, but, you know, just yeah. caffeine. Well, what, now, what about in the AUB? Were you, did you follow the word of wisdom in the AUB? Um, I did, yeah. I, I've Was always it a requirement followed, of the group? Um, they're pretty liberal in the AUB, but I did, I did follow the word of wisdom. No coffee, no tea, um, no pork. I've really struggled eating pork my whole life because um, it was just a forbidden food. Oh, huh. no so. bacon, huh? I eat bacon now. 
and drink coffee too. I see that. I was the happiest woman in town when I found out I could drink coffee and still go to heaven. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so you knew that Joseph Smith was a polygamist. You knew that he married 14-year-old girls. What about his marrying married women? Did you know that? That was a shock. That was like a uh, just a when, slam to my heart when did to you know find that, that he. Out? When I read Rough Stone Rolling. To you know didn't that know he, before that. No, I did not know. It, it is a really well-kept secret in the Mormon Church that he married. Other, he sent men on missions, and while they were on their missions, he propositioned their their wives, and married them, and they stayed married to their husbands too, and mm -hmm, had relations with both mm -hmm. Joseph Smith and their husbands. I mean, it, that was just uh, no God. My God is not no behind God. that. No God will do that. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. You talked about. Uh, I call it climbing the priesthood ladder, where in the AUB, if a woman wanted to marry somebody else, if she won free of her husband, she just had to be patient, wait a little while. Yeah, if she didn't want to be married to her husband, if she felt like her husband wasn't worthy enough, she could leave him, wait a little bit, and she'd marry someone else. Well, and, it, and it happened a lot really, in, in the AUB group. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's a promiscuity um, mm -hmm. in any way you look at it. Just it just doesn't seem right at all. So you could look back now, I can look back now, and I'm sure you can too look back and realize that they use brainwashing technique both in the polygamy group and the mainline yes, LDS yes, church to yes. keep its members. They do. What was probably the most insidious brainwash? Fear. Fear. For you? Fear. You know, fear, if you don't do all the things we tell you to do, you do this, 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 and this. If you don't do them, you will not go to the celestial kingdom. And you do feel fear, and you feel guilt when you don't do them. And so fear is just such a, an evil thing in, in Mormonism and in these polygamous groups. Were you taught that if you left the, in the AUB, that if you had left the group and, and rejected polygamy, that you would become a son of perdition? Um, you would definitely be going to hell, for sure. You were not taught yeah. the set of perdition thing, though. I, I wasn't really taught that when I left, you know, the AUB. Yeah. But you are taught that if you give up the gospel, you'll go to hell. Yeah, for sure. The the Kingston group, at least when I was in it, and the FLDS, both of those groups teach the son of perdition thing, and and, and that's the fear thing. Yeah, that's the manipulating, uh, where you know we'll keep you in by fear. Yeah. Well, well what kind of a God is yeah. going to? No. Are, are we going to live in heaven in fear? No, and he and, and my God is not the author of fear. Uh uh No. No. He it, he would not do that. He said, "God is love." First John four. Mm -hmm. God is love, and perfect love drives out. Fear, mm -hmm. yep. but because fear does not come from love, and God is love. Yeah. So anytime anybody, anybody, anytime anybody uses fear to you mm -hmm. for anything, you got to remember that it's not from God. If they're teaching in fear, it's not from God. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. So you were involved in the AUB and Mormonism, and they both have temple and ceremonies. And without going into all of the details, what were the differences with the, the, the Mormon um, ceilings, temples, and the AUB? Well, um, for sure, the ceremonies. garments are a huge thing. The, the garments are definitely, you know, the down to, down to your wrist and down to your ankles and up to your up to your neck and you know all summer long you wore long sleeves long Ooh. long pants um, another you know they they, they do, try to stick to the original yes the yes anyone who's been endowed in the AUB wears the garment wow and it, they don't it have is a hot in the, in the style no no there's just one one garment that you wear 
What's the fabric made out of? Um, you can have it out of cotton or, or, you know, just a lighter material. So it's not wool, prickly wool? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not fun, though. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and so you were endowed in both, yes. in both temples and both yes. ceremonies? Yes, in the AUB, they do the blood oaths. You know, they, they try to stick to the original endowment that Joseph Smith put out. So did that scare you when you left the AUB? It you was, taken the blood oaths, and were you afraid they were going to come back and, and haunt you? It was scary. You know, I will be honest. When I went, probably the first time, I went home, and I crawled into bed in the fetal position and just laid there. Just, just... You know, I've heard people say that It before. was just horrible. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, just a, it's just such an unexpected experience. Wow. Wow. Uh, and the Bible tells us not to take oaths. Just yeah. let our yes be yes and our no be no. And anything yeah. beyond that is from the evil one, yeah. he says. So anybody that's taking these oaths in, in any religious context yeah. is walking on thin ice, mm -hmm. on thin ice. Okay, we've got a call from Nona in Spanish Fork on line one. Hello, Nona. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. What is your question? Well, I turned the channel just a little too slow. I caught the last bit. I want to know where she was, what, what book, before Deuteronomy 18, uh, verses 21 and 22. Could you please tell me? Galatians. Could you tell me what that was? It was Galatians so chapter... It was Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9. Galatians? Galatians 1, 6 through 9. It's on the screen right now. Oh, excellent. Uh -huh. I'm sorry I missed that. And it is so oh. wonderful to talk to you. Thank I haven't you. seen you forever. Uh, I'm house-sitting for my son because I don't normally have a TV. Oh, well, I'm glad you could tune this in. This is cool. Mm -hmm. I like this. Okay. Well, there's your scripture. Look it up and share it with all of your Mormon friends. My mother. <laughs> That's important. Thank you, Nona. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're getting down to uh, where we've only got a couple of minutes left. Um, you, there's a scripture here that within 30 seconds, could, would you want to share these as the Ephesians and the Acts scripture? Sure. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Even our faith is a gift from God. We didn't even earn that. Yep. God gave us that. Absolutely. And then Acts 17, 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. I mean, it's just so clear. Mm -hmm. He dwells in our hearts. That's right. He dwells in he our hearts. He does not dwell faith. in temples made with hands. And we're saved by grace, through faith, not by works. Mm -hmm. We don't have to look at temples for anything to do with heaven or celestial glory whatsoever because it's all done by Jesus Christ. It is Him. He fulfilled the Old Testament teaching of the temple. He did. And He is... Um, he is it all in all, everything. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we're out of time. Thank you for Thanks sharing. for having me. Thank you for telling your story. You're brave, and we need to talk about it, or we can't do anything about it. So That's thank right. you. You know, it's very strange that all of the branches of Mormonism discourage their members from doing what Joseph Smith himself did. Joseph Smith is bragged on by the LDS and polygamy group leadership because he searched to discover which church was correct. 
But if a polygamy group or an LDS member expresses doubts or visits a Christian church, they experience severe persecution by their own church or their membership. They're put on a nasty guilt trip. They're accused of attending the church of Satan or they're threatened with outer darkness. And we wonder why. Why was it okay and exemplary for Joseph Smith to do what his church now condemns? The Bible tells us that we are to test everything, and that certainly includes our religious belief system. In Joseph Smith's 11th article of faith, he claims the privilege of worshiping according to the dictates of our own conscience and allowing all people the same privilege. But the act of leaving Mormonism or a polygamy group often results in unusually cruel treatment for the person who has discovered that Joseph Smith is a fraud. The 11th article of faith seems to be valid only if you live and worship their way. But we praise God who through the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has opened the way to heaven and he has kept the way to heaven open throughout the ages. It was never lost to apostasy. There is no need for any of the entrapments and dead works that Mormonism or polygamy groups demand. They only lead you from Jesus, not to him. And so we urge you, take the narrow way and follow Jesus. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.